So I think that's where like the whole, you know, stake through the heart thing happens because he didn't like put their heads on it. He put their whole body on the stake. Damn, how? Um, wait, wait a minute. But like through the butt? No, no, like like through the chest. And maybe, honestly, some of them have through the butt. It would fall off. I didn't off look up the, the pictures, chest, right? Because the weight would make you fall off. Yeah, maybe. Well, unless you put like. You for sure did. A, na- a nail. <laughs> What's Chiefin', my dudes? A warm tribal greeting from all of us here at Chiefin'. I hope you guys are having a fantastic Friday, and we have a lot in store for you today, all you yeah! history buffs out there. <laughs> I think uh, Bryce is a history buff. Uh, so I'm like I think he's the one excited. fan listening right now. All right, yeah! Let's do he it! Has, he has more than, he's got more than half a chub going right now. Dude. As way soon as he more. hears history, he's like, History? I hardly know her. Ooh. That was horrible. Hardly yeah, I know, know him. Oh his, my god, it's a guy. His story. What about I'm her so story? I'm so bad with history. It's like my it's my worst subject. I think history was my best. What was your worst? I feel like every guy's best was history because math was hard and science is boring and then language arts was like girly. I just told you, history was my worst subject. <laughs> yeah, so what was your best? Oh, my best? I was really good at, like, English and language arts. I can write stories. That makes sense. The girly stuff? Not the girly stuff. No. Yeah, all the girls were really good in English class. Oh, and theater, too. I was pretty good at theater. Yeah, makes sense. (laughs) No, and science. I was actually very good in science, but uh, it was weird because not a lot of people thought it was interesting. I thought it was, like, super interesting. It was just hard. Like, fucking periodic table, dude. I have no idea any of those now. By the way periodic table it just makes me think of trivia i cannot tell you how much i miss trivia i can't wait until the bench opens up again so we can have trivia nights on tuesday like we usually do okay i'm so frustrated them i i'm surprised if they're still around after all this i feel like they weren't normally very busy anyways no they were like the most busy that they were were on trivia nights every other time oh actually and sporting events which they're I mean, done now, yeah. so... If they're closed through... Fo- like, if football season all... Knock on wood. If football season all of a sudden, like, ends, they're screwed. Like, that's probably where... Absolutely. 70% of their income came was, like, Sundays on football season. Yeah. I mean, I think it's funny. We, we, we talked about it off the pod, but um, I think it's funny that, like, baseball right now is going on, and they have, like, cardboard cutouts of people in the stands. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's so freaking funny, dude. It's so, it's like, what is the world, dude? I know. But you actually, like... You told me that they that you pay to be in there, and I think uh-huh. that's awesome. Like you can pay to get have your cardboard cut out in the stands, which is kind of like the lamest flex you could possibly have. Like, dude, I'm a season ticket holder. My cardboard cutout has been there every single game. That's pretty cool. <laughs> no, it's so lame. I heard something. Could you imagine, the NBA's... Like, could you imagine people getting that in like a like a theater or like a movie? Well, yeah, you know, baseball like... <laughs> is just far behind in general, dude. Baseball sucks. Sorry, hot take, baseball, everyone. I do not. Baseball, like baseball is fun to watch on TV. If you watch it in person, I feel like it just drags. What? Like I feel like it's stretch. the complete opposite. I'd much rather be at a baseball game than be at home watching a baseball game. Oh, I'd rather watch it at home. Oh, I'm that's way, way worse. No, I mean I like the you know the vibe of the whole stadium and stuff, but I don't like having to pay like seventeen bucks for a beer and a hot dog, and then having to wait in line to take a crap. 
or take a piss, depending on what you got to do in there. Yeah. And yeah. you got like 30 guys just standing there, like all of them are drunk, swaying back and forth. Some aren't even hitting the urinal. Yeah, dude, like, this is a callback to an earlier episode where I pitched an idea to have a urinal in your seats. Yeah, it's, uh, oh God, what was those called? Bleacher reliever. Bleacher relievers, yes. Genius genius idea that's definitely that's the um, way to go what i was gonna say the nba is like just so far ahead of the nba is the most progressively but what they're doing they're teaming up with microsoft teams i heard to allow a like select amount of people to have like a vr experience in one of the seats at like the games because there's no fans there either so it's like you can like be virtually there watching and like tilting your head and shit like that so you have the mlb Putting people with cardboard boxes in bleachers, and then you have the <laughs> NBA like VR experience. It's so, like you would think like both aren't in the same year, but they're both in the same year. The MLB just wants cardboard cutouts. Yeah, MLB is stuck in like the nineties. Oh the, yeah, the first uh, internet boom, and now they're like, wait a second, you guys got VR? Oh crap. We, we got cardboard cutouts. Shit. As they're snacking on their Cracker Jacks. <laughs> yeah, and they're, they're like cutting them out by hand. They're not even like manufacturing them in a factory. They're like, sk, sk, sk. wait, you guys got VR? What the hell? Wait a minute. Not to side tangent too much off of this. Oh, real quick before we get into it, make sure if you're listening, uh, support the show. If you could like or subscribe wherever you're listening right now, um, go tell your friends, share it with your worst enemies. It really helps us out. Um, and then I cut you off, but we're getting into a history episode today. You want to explain it a little more? All right. So um, I'm sure you guys have heard of drunk history. If you haven't, then you're missing out. I think it's hilarious. These guys get super drunk and then try to explain a historical figure or a historical event. An event, and it's usually interrupted by them drinking or or like you know you hear like vomiting in the background. And they animate the or sorry they reenact it um, over what the person is saying. So I have this idea of. Just having like a really cool historical figure and kind of going through their lineage and adding, you know, little snippets of comedy here and there because obviously this is a podcast. We're not going to be able to reenact it. So that's what yeah, we got dude, That was always today. my favorite thing in uh, history class when we were learning like European history is just hearing all these like badass, crazy people. Like this guy used to rip beards straight out of people's heads. It's like, what? I think there's so many unheard historical figures and stories like that and i like that we're this won't be a recurring segment but it might be a recurring episode every now and now and again and i think it'll be really cool to visit some of these um not very well known historical pieces in time yeah um i always thought it was interesting when you would you would hear like you know about the wars where they had the muskets and stuff and you got uh i think his name stonewall jackson and you got these people that are saying don't shoot until you see the whites of their eyes because their muskets were not very accurate so you literally had to be like you had to be able to see the whites of their eyes in order to have an accurate shot and probably blow their chest to smithereens. Yeah, that's nuts. That's so hard. I know, and now it's like you got like a 30-round clip that you could get rid of. Not even. Now we have fucking drones. (laughs) Yeah, now you got drones that could assassinate people from across the country while you're sitting there with your pants off eating Cheetos. Yep. (laughs) You're like, you're welcome, Afghanistan. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 
But yeah, that's what we're we're doing today. Do you? Uh, how, how about you start us off? I'll come. All right. Yeah, because I think that mine. I think mine might be shorter than yours. So we'll get like the smaller part out first, and then get your big story. I mean, it's not Mine's small. Not very big. It's just about a dude. I don't have a point in time. I'm like referencing just one guy. I'm referencing one guy, but I'm going through like his whole life. But it's just the interesting parts that I thought were interesting. All right. Who is it? Let me okay. guess. Wait. So it's in go ahead, the. Guess. It's a Chinese guy, like someone that was around Genghis Khan time. Dude, I was gonna do Genghis Khan because I think his I think his story is so interesting. How I think it's 05 percent of the world is related to him. Yeah, but do you know why they're related to him? Because he had sex a lot. Because he would just rape people. <laughs> like, if there's a if there's a poll, okay, like I, did the people the ra- I did not know the people who the most people. Genghis Khan has raped the most people. Oh my god! So you're telling me that Genghis Khan is the ultimate frat boy? Yeah, dude. These these lineages <laughs> these lineages are not because like ladies were throwing themselves on him. They he were would not go, consensual. He would go, yeah. He, what, he, conquered a lot of places and then would just rape the people okay i didn't know that i just knew that i just knew the whole like lineage thing i didn't know how he got to that point you just i didn't know he was the Khan ultimate frat boy rode up on horse and then took down all the, the ladies were swooning like, what's up and they were on uh-huh, yeah he just he didn't even wear pants he just wanted easy access <laughs> so anytime you every time you rode up his dick was just flopping around and the ladies oh, were man. like Mm, Genghis Khan. And he's like, yeah, well, I don't know what his accent would be, but he'd be like, I don't want to do an accent. It sounds yeah, racist. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. No, I'm not doing it. Hi. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to do He Pretend he's American, okay? I'm going to be like, what's up, ladies? You want to ride on this pony? And then, boom, they went to it. Boom. And then was that Jodeci playing in the background? What was what? Bow, bow, bow. Come ride it, my pony. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. What's yeah. his name again? Sorry. I think it's Jodeci. No, it's not Jodeci. It's it's the guy. He's in uh, Parks Genuine. and Rec for a bit. Genuine. Genuine. You are right, my friend. Nice. All right. Go with uh, who, who you got. Who are you breaking? Down? All right. So you, you think it's someone in I one of the Asian countries back yeah, in the day? Yeah, like Eastern Asia. Oh no no no! You could not be further from the truth, my friend. So American? I don't I don't know. No, he's not American. Okay, so are you familiar with um, the story Dracula? Oh, not really. Uh, tra- is Transylvania a real place? Yes, Transylvania is a real place. Is it um, in but Europe? But it wasn't. I don't know actually where it is. I think it's in Europe. I'm pretty sure. American okay, so the story of Dracula is. Um, uh, a man made a deal with the devil and was able to live off the blood of people. And he, he was given speed, scent, sight, enhanced strength and immortality as long as he drank the blood of people, but he could not get in the sunlight. Right. And, um, if he was stabbed through the heart with a wooden stake, he would perish, obviously. Um, now in 1897, a man by the name of Bram Stoker wrote the first Dracula novel, which has inspired countless movies, books, plays, and TV shows. But what you may not know is that Dracula was actually inspired by a very famous historical figure by the name of Vlad III, Prince of Wallachia. Vlad the Impaler? Or as better known, Vlad the Impaler. Um, so he was born in the year 1431, which is now 
known as Transylvania. Where, where he was born is now Transylvania. Back then it wasn't. Um, during that same year, Vlad's father was the ruler of, I think it's Wallachia or Valachia. I'm going to say Valachia because it just sounds better. Um, anyway, so he was born in uh, Valachia and his, his dad is Vlad II. He was inducted into a knightly order known as the Order of the Dragon. And this earned Vlad's father the surname Dracul, which derives from the Roman word for dragon, which was Drac. So Vlad okay. III would be later known as son of Dracul, or in Roman, or Old Roman, Draculia, a.k.a. Dracula. Oh. Super cool, right? I think it's so awesome. Wild. And uh, the modern Romanian translation of Drac refers to the devil, which is, as we know, Dracula made a deal with the devil and got his powers that way. So, our story really begins when Vlad's father was called to a diplomatic meeting in Turkey, which turned out to be a trap. His father and his two sons were imprisoned, and the only way that his father would be set free is if he left his two sons there in Turkey. Now, Vlad was about 12 years old there. I mean, I don't know about you, but at 12 years old, you're, I was a horny kid with raging hormones just trying to figure out my purpose in life. <laughs> And uh, how to tell my parents that I ran out of tube socks. Again. <laughs> <laughs> so if I was held hostage at that age, I think I'd probably go slightly insane, kind of like he did. And this is this is actually where his anger problems started. Because he was held captive for about four years. Wow. And, and uh, I mean, you know, they weren't really held captive. It was more, they were tutored and they were taught how to fight. They were taught like the ways oh, of... what the uh, fuck? But I mean... It, they were treated well for the time, is what someone said. Got it. Um, anyway, so him and his brother were there for four years until, uh, in, in, sorry, until 1447, where Vlad's father would lose his seat as the ruler of Valachia, getting killed in the swamps near Bucharest by these uh, local noblemen known as boyers. And the men that killed him reportedly stabbed him. And Vlad's older half brother, and then leaned in and whispered, "This is my swamp." No, you fucking lie. <laughs> no, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say that's how we got the beautifully uh, done tribute scene in Shrek wow, with man. all the rioters and pitchforks it's running out of town. All tied together. It's crazy. <laughs> I know, right? It's you got Dracula tied in there. You got Shrek tied in there. It's crazy, man. The history is wild. <laughs> um. So Vlad would take his father's spot as ruler of Valachia, um, but it was short-lived because he would then lose the spot within two months to a man by the name of Vladislav II. Now, apparently, people back then loved to keep their names in the mix because everyone I'm mentioning has either the second or the third back then. I, I don't know of anyone that's just Vlad or Tim or something. Like, just <laughs> think of a different name, dude. So then... After that, uh, Vlad went on hiatus for about a decade. So there's not really much in, like information on him at that point. Oh, you know he was doing some crazy Rocky training montage. Dude, he was doing some wild shit. Like, get this, Rocky, and, but they're just like biting the heads off of bats. And he's doing like vampire yeah, stuff. He's doing he's doing Ozzy Osbourne shit. Yeah, he's the reason COVID started. What? Um, so yeah, then he, after a decade of being in like, you know, on hiatus, he comes back in 1456 to just fuck some shit up as All the right. ruler of Valachia. 1456. So this is like Columbus was around this time, right? 
Um, in fourteen sixty-two, wasn't or it like fourteen ninety-two? Yeah, it sounds about right. Okay, okay, so he was like he was probably really young at that time, if he was even alive at all. I don't know how old Columbus was when he died. Okay, That's just anyway, I think of when I think of the fourteen hundreds as Columbus. Yeah, but now here. I will Whenever, think of Vlad. Dude, Vlad is such a fucking badass. So, by the way, just remember this. The boyars are the noblemen that killed his father, okay? Now, the yeah, Ottomans time, Now the Ottomans are the people that held him captive for four years and taught him, like, how to fight, how to be, you know, smart, yeah. how to ride they horses. They were his, like, master splinter. Yeah, pretty much, like, you know, like, war tactics and everything. Um, so, he comes back, and uh, that was in 1456... And he just comes to fuck some shit up as the ruler of Alachia. He stole back the throne, and having hatred in his heart for his captors, he ordered to stop paying tribute to the Ottoman Sultan, which ensured peace between Valachia and the Ottomans. Oh, shit. Yes, I know. And knowing that the noblemen, or the boyars, uh, would eventually try to overthrow him and kill him as they did his father and his half-brother, he invited hundreds of the boyars to a giant banquet while they were enjoying their feast, eating, drinking, having a great time, he had all of them murdered and then took their still twitching bodies and impaled them on stakes outside the castle. Oh, shit. That just reminds me of some, like, Game of Thrones red, we- red uh-huh. wedding. Like, welcome to the fucking wedding. Yeah. <laughs> welcome to the banquet, bitch. Damn. <laughs> and then he put them on stakes. Yeah, outside the castle to like be like, hey, this is what's your future if you fuck with me, okay? You kill my dad, I put you on a stake outside. So, I mean, I'm there's not a whole, like, I don't think he drank the blood of his enemies or anything like Dracula does, but he was definitely all for revenge and putting people on stakes. So, I think that's where, like, the whole, you know, stake through the heart thing happens, because he didn't, like, put their heads on it. He put their whole body on the stake. Damn, how? Um, wait, wait a minute, but, like... Through the butt? No, no, like like through the chest. Maybe honestly, some of them might went through the butt. It would fall. I didn't off look up the, the pictures, chest, on right? Because the weight would make you fall off. Yeah, maybe. Well, unless you put like he for sure did a, na- a nail. <laughs> it was it was in the ass. It was in the ass for sure. Okay, <laughs> and then uh, after killing all those boyars, he then impaled dozens of Saxon merchants who were allied with the boyars, and during a meeting, uh, sorry. Not during meeting. He they he like did the same kind of thing. Like, hey, come on, man, I'll give you a big banquet, and then fucking killed him again. Like, people got it. This is why I don't go to house parties and, and like dinner parties and shit, man. You're gonna get put on a stake outside. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then again, still having hatred in his heart for the Ottomans, he had a group of Ottoman envoys come over, um, but they refused to take off their turbans as like a religious custom. Um, you know, like if you take off your yep. turban, it's against your so religion or whatever. He's just disrespectful, dude. He went away for ten years, getting jacked. He came back. He's like, I'm here to just piss some people off and let them test me. Uh huh. Well, so he invited them over, and and they're like, Nah, we're not gonna take off our turbans. He's like, Oh, oh, you don't you don't want to take off your turbans? Oh, because it's a religious custom. Oh, well, let me just make sure they never fall off. So he fucking nailed them to their heads. What? Yeah. This guy's savage. Holy shit. Right? Nailed the freaking turbans to their head. As... So I think that's still like impaling, technically. I think that counts with oh, the well, realm. Well, but then he later impaled them on stage. <laughs> then he impaled them. <laughs> 
He killed them with the nailing and then fucking jammed them right up the ass with a stick yeah, and put after, them outside. He nailed the turbans to the head. They brought in his friends. He's like, huh? Huh? They're like, eh, I don't know. It wasn't as impressive as the last time. And then he yeah. hung them up. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. I really thought you had things... You know, in order when you were putting people on stakes, I think you've lost it now with the nails. Yeah, this is oh, like too well, experimental. You're forgetting. He's like, you're forgetting about this, and then slides open a door, what? and there's like twenty stakes. He's like, yeah, <laughs> everyone fucking goes ape shit. They're like, yeah, <laughs> the impaler, Vlad the impaler. <laughs> oh man. Um. So how do you? So, yeah. so he? How do he die? Well, or is okay, there more on. to the Funny story? enough, though. Funny enough, though. A monk would later publish a book in 1490 about Vlad and state that he was a very fierce but just ruler. <laughs> what? Like, that's fucking just? Holy shit, dude. Different times, I mean, he, man. Different he, was, times. he was getting a lot of revenge from, you know, his captors and the people that killed his father. Basically, anyone that messed with his dad or his brothers was just absolutely screwed. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so... After nailing and impaling Ottoman envoys, he was forced into exile and was imprisoned um, for pretty much, like, almost the rest of his life. Um, And during his imprisonment, he actually managed to find a wife, which is just insane, and found a wife and then was able to make two beautiful conjugal visit babies. (laughs) Wait. Oh, like, really? Yeah, like, he, he... they. He made he made babies while he was imprisoned. I don't. I think that the justice system was a little bit more lax back then. You, yeah. It's not like the don't touch, no touching. They were like, okay, man, like she's here for your visit. Go ahead and fuck right here. No. I don't care. Conjugal um, visits are so weird to me. I've never really thought about them too much, but I can't believe they're a thing. Like, how was that a thing? It's kind of crazy because you you got to think like, are they still a thing nowadays? Yeah. People yeah, but it's it's not like spontaneous. Like you know how like you know if you're laying with someone and then you wake up the middle of the night, you're like, hey, how's it going there? And like you like you know you have sex. This is completely different. It's like it's we're planning scheduled. a day, yeah. Tuesday at five o'clock. What if you're not horny at five o'clock? I mean, I, I I'm sure they are, but yeah, still, I think man, it's just, just crazy weird. that the justice system allows that. Uh huh. Like uh, it's okay, a thought process that you need to get off, but like they probably only allow like what once every like few months. I don't know, man. I, that would be an interesting thing to look up for sure. Yeah. All right. Keep going. So um, he knocks up some little vampire babies. Yep. He has uh, then being the son of Dracula. The son of Dra- son of Dracula. Dracula. Ah, ah, ah. Dracula. Dracula. Ah, ah, ah. Ah, ah, After being released from imprisonment, he then took over again as the ruler of Valachia. And while marching to another battle against the Ottomans, he was ambushed and killed. But here's the crazy part. Nobody knows where he was buried, so they don't know where his body is. So it kind of, like, adds to the mystery of, is he the actual, like, original Dracula that never died and just went into hiding and he could come out at any time? I mean, obviously it's not the case, but I'm just saying, like, that was, like, historians throughout the years have been, like, well, he's buried in this tomb, or he's buried in this tomb. But they don't know where he's buried, so it's like, people are like, oh yeah, he's he's the original Dracula. Oh, that's so cool. Dude, this guy, was I, when I was reading about him, like, holy shit, this guy is boss. I love that, though. Like, a modern, that's crazy it turned into the story that it is now, of, like, the guy in a cape and everything. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely changed throughout the years, but, like, the whole, you know, bloodlust and stakes and... 
him. I th- I'm pretty sure the reason why that uh, why Dracula in the book was so keen on like having like special powers and stuff was because he wanted to seek revenge, and that's exactly what Vlad was looking for was revenge. All right, so I want to hear yours. I'm excited. All right, I have another Eastern European person. This is someone I was very fascinated about when I learned about them in high school. A man of mystery, intrigue, and legend. His name is Rasputin. So here's some like broad characteristics that people would describe Rasputin by. His eyes bore into your soul and could control people. People thought he was possessed and consumed by a higher force. They would call him the devil in the flesh. And then they would also say he was the man who wouldn't die. Rasputin was, mm. he was born in Siberia in 1869. He was born into a family with his uh, mother and father. He was the fourth kid that they bore, but I believe the previous three all died either at birth or in their infancy just because it was very harsh and cold and hard to survive in Siberia at that time. Uh, this Dude, dude Siberia is it. the modern ice age. Yeah, and it's a... Just to show how tough this guy is out the gate, he survives, and his three other you know, would-be siblings died. Um, he gained a lot of attention early on in his village in Siberia because he would hang around holy men and different religious sects, and he would claim to have healing powers, and people believed that he had the power to heal different horses and things of that nature. So he got a lot of kind of like accolade and attention i think that really started to feed his ego very early back in the day um he was there in the village into his 30s um he had multiple children and was married but he was known for being a drunk and cheating on his wife all the time and one day uh, he was accused of being a horse stealer i guess this was like a very serious crime so he had to flee his village and uh, he was basically a roaming nomad for some point of time. Uh, after he fleed his village, he found this new religious, um, I don't know if it was like a commune or a church that really took him in and that he was able to seek refuge in. And that's where he started to get more into his religious awakening. And uh, that's where I think he really built more of an ego around being a healer to different people. Now, do you do you think he was he actually was a healer quote unquote no, or was I he just he just like do you I, think he knew that he wasn't a healer and he's like dude i'm a fucking fraud i hope no one well finds that's out. a thing i think at first he probably started doing it just to like because he got attention and he knew he wasn't but then i think the more and more you do things like you create your own reality and he probably became so manic that he thought he actually was this all-powerful person Oh, that's like when you think, oh my God, I'm getting sick. And then you feel really sick, but you're not actually sick. You're like, oh, I'm probably, I, I probably have a fever. Mm-hmm. And you check your temperature. You're like, oh, never mind. I'm normal. But I just yeah. feel achy and gross. It's like hypochondriac. The mind right? has, the mind has like a total control over your entire body. It's awesome. So, and one crazy thing, I guess, while Rasputin was uh, fleeing his village and traveling, becoming like this religious nomad, it was believed that he at one point ran into the uh, sect of religious people out in Russia called the Klisti. And these people were insane. They believed that the only way to drive out sin was with more sin. And so they would have these crazy religious like meetings and worship times where they would sing and dance and then just have like 
crazy orgies and like scream and stuff it was really like just i don't know it was they were almost like weren't acting like people they would just act like wild animals and beasts and the idea was to like push out uh bad with more bad i don't know how that logic fucking works but dude that's like that's like sadism like they're just like having these seances and screaming in the forest and dancing like fucking wild animals and having sex with everything that's yeah man and so this is this, this is, is like early sadism his, this is him in his 30s so this is all like the ingredients that added to who he was he grew up in a harsh environment where he was um you know gained notoriety from healing powers and then basically was known as a drunk and a cheater who would steal horses and then conducted like orgies Uh, i mean i get that though because your horse back then was you know a way to make a living if they were like you know yeah they're more valuable and then also a way to get around that's like stealing someone's car and their tractor all in one yep um one night in his church or wherever sect he was he had a vision from the virgin mary he said that told him that he needed to visit saint peter petersburg to aid the royal family there uh during that time was nicholas ii and his queen or sarina the Tsar and sarina alexandria they were known to be very dumb and gullible like the people that would fall for um (laughs) <laughs> like essential oils fixing cancer or something like that. I'd be like, what? Okay, yeah, let's bring it in. All right. Dude, I've been shot. I got some lavender oil, man. I'm going to hook you up. <laughs> and so I think that combination of them being very gullible uh, and Rasputin wanting to travel there to aid that family. Plus, at that time, St. Petersburg was somewhat of a cum bucket. It was called a place full of sex and disease that had a ton of cults, mysticism. Um, you know, full of Ouija boards and whatnot. It was a just a crazy environment with very uh, gullible leaders, and this guy was coming in to try to weasel his way in, and he was able to. Did do you so. really? You really just said cum bucket? Yeah, I wrote that down. At this, at that time, Saint Petersburg was a cum bucket. Oh my god! Oh my gosh! I just realized cum bucket, chum bucket, and SpongeBob. Do you think they did it on purpose? No, I think chum buckets are like a normal thing. But I don't know, man. That sounds that sounds kind of close. Buckets of chum is like normal to throw into the water. I, I know, but like chum bucket, dude. Come on. No, I that's don't think so. Cum bucket. That's um, put so... in in the comment section. Let us know if you think that that was on purpose, because <laughs> I think it was. I really do. That's 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 too close. So Rasputin, uh, his I guess mentor was Bishop. Homogen? I don't know if that's the right, right way to say his name. Bishop Homogen heard from Rasputin he wanted to go to St. Petersburg. He had an inn with the royal family, so he welcomed them in and introduced them. Um, one day, the Rasputin had a feeling or a thought that he really needed to visit the royal family to help them. And when he arrived, it was found that um, their son, Nicholas and Alexandria's son, had been cut like he fell and scraped himself and he had a disease that was similar to hemophilia back in the day and so that was when you when you bleed you just continue to bleed because your blood thins and clots yeah and so when rasputin showed up all the doctors were trying to do stuff and the boy kept bleeding Uh, rasputin sent them away and then all of a sudden the boy started getting better so the sarina then believed that rasputin had special healing powers while what really happened in actuality and it was believed by the sarina that rasputin had no idea of this boy's condition what is believed that really happened is rasputin was friends with um the royal family's 
you know, some acquaintance that told him about the hemophilia. And then when he, Rasputin, told the doctors to go away that were seeing the boy, that it then prevented them from giving him, like, aspirin, which at that time they didn't know within the blood and have it run oh. more. So this dude... Uh, the Serena thinks he has no idea what's going on and that he has healing powers, but really he just took advantage of the situation and uh, didn't really solve the problem, but he helped make it a bit better. But that was enough for this gullible lady to think he was, you know, he needed to be around all the time. And Rasputin said, hey, if you don't have me around, your kid's going to die, <laughs> basically. So he became very close with the family. He was there all the time. He was advising on different, um, uh, different like political matters and whatnot. And a lot of people started to have fears for Rasputin and his control that he had over the royal family. Because during this time, he was still having like these crazy orgies. He would uh, he would be followed a lot of times by like members of the royal family who were like uh, suspicious of him. And what he would do, he would go into bathhouses back in the day because there weren't like bathrooms, I guess, with, you know, baths. <laughs> so he would buy prostitutes and bring them to bathhouses and just like beat them. <laughs> and like oh, he's like it's part of the healing process yeah well that's what's what he said it, what's, it, what's all... with the old screaming trust me i know it, what i'm doing jeez he, he would convince them that it was part of that idea that like sin would bring would push away more sin and so he was thinking that he was he was taking on the burden of cleansing them of sin by like beating oh them God. and stuff so this dude was psycho. Dude, that's domestic violence he's 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 the reason there's domestic violence and he, orgies he was psycho and like Throughout this whole time, it was a very bad look for this one bishop who introduced them. So, right, because he, this bishop said, hey, yeah, trust this guy, Rasputin, here he is. And then uh, Rasputin comes in, he's just fucking all these prostitutes and beating them. And he's like now in the royal family. And all these people are like, what the, f who the fuck did you introduce us to? <laughs> who is this guy? And so at one point. He's that, he's that friend that seemed okay in the beginning. And you're like, wow, I think I really need this guy in my life. And then he's like railing cocaine in the bathroom at your yes. daughter's bar mitzvah. You're like, whoa, dude. <laughs> and then at one point, the uh, that bishop confronted Rasputin about all this stuff. And he would also like just, he'd be doing a ton of drugs too. Like he did a lot of coke mm. and just other um, I see. I knew it. I fucking called it, man. Yeah, he did other substances that he would also supply to the royal family that made them want him around because he was their dealer, essentially. And then it also added Dude, to his mania. He was like, he was, uh, what's that called? Where you're making, he was like making them dependent on him. That is mm -hmm. so, he is so fucked up in the head. Oh my God. Yep. He was nutty. So the bishop confronted him one time and apparently grabbed him by the dick and said, you're thinking with this instead of your head. I thought oh, that was awesome. <laughs> like and they, this is like before like underwear and shit right so you could probably grab it easily you just grabbed it so you're thinking with this like damn dude um so that's how so at this point rasputin's now you know a political figure so to say he's within the sars uh family advising them on situations a lot of people don't like him the sar and sarina do because one he's you know somewhat trustworthy because he's you know, the healer to the family. He's also supplying them with drugs. So they're none the wiser. At the same time, a lot of people start to plot against him. And this is where kind of some of the legend starts to come out. Um, one day he decides to take a trip back to his home village. Once he arrives there, uh, one of the royal family advisors had paid a prostitute to stab him. And it's crazy. There's a picture of this lady. She had no nose, which is just a weird side fact. Like someone cut it off of her. So there's 
some lady with no nose approaches Rasputin and stabs him in the stomach repeatedly, thinking that uh, he is the Antichrist because that's what they've convinced this you know, crazy prostitute of. And it was said that <laughs> she wanted him to die so much that after stabbing him, she then reached inside and pulled out some of his intestines. Dude, that's awesome. I know, but then Rasputin survives. After, no fucking way he after survived. After some surgery and rest, he survived and he's back at it fucking and drinking and advising in the royal family and oh so my god they're like here take two advil call me in the morning He's yeah like, my fucking spleen is out <laughs> <laughs> now at this point i believe is oh at that same time that the first assassination attempt happened on the same exact day is the day that franz ferdinand got assassinated which kicked off um which kicked off world war one so during the same time, he's back in the royal family now. He's healed up and people are trying, starting to get like worried because he's advising the royal family on affairs of how to handle World War I. They don't want this crazy guy doing that. So they decide to make another assassination attempt on his life. Similar to your story, he gets invited to some, you know, private meeting for some dinner. Oh, this is why you don't go to those dinner parties, you, you man. Don't fucking go. You either you either get an orgy or you get fucking staked up the ass, okay? Yep. Which either way, you're still getting it up the ass. <laughs> so he was invited to some uh the, the story behind it, there's this royal prince, and he said that his wife was either, like, had too much of a sex drive or she was, like, cheating or something that involved sex. Something enough to entice Rasputin to want to come to, um, you know, heal her because he knew that he was all horned up. So he comes mm-hmm. to Yeah, he's going to take the sin out of her. No, yeah. he's going to fuck the, the crap out of her. Yeah. So the prince and Rasputin are like waiting downstairs. He's like, uh, the prince is saying, yeah, my wife will be down in a little. Um, go ahead, have some of this, you know, tea, these tea cakes. And so Rasputin starts eating them. Uh, unbeknownst to him, they are laced with cyanide. So after oh. Rasputin eats the cakes and the tea, to the uh, prince's surprise, after an hour or so, Rasputin's completely fine. He's not phased at all by the poison. This then leads the prince to go, okay, have some of this. You know, we have some wine here, too. You want to have some of this wine? The wine is also laced with cyanide. Uh, after drinking the wine, hanging out, shooting the shit, he had three glasses of wine. Rasputin is completely fine. So the poison had zero effect on this guy. He, I'm sure that he probably built up an immunity to it. Yeah, there, there's something. But that's insane. That three glasses, on top of the food he already ate, three glasses of yeah, cyanide but that's, doused. that's what I'm saying. Why? I think that it's he, a lot. I think that he knew that someone was going to try to assassinate him. So he's like, I got to start building up an immunity to this. Yeah, maybe. So they're hanging out there still. The prince goes, okay, let me... Uh, let me go. I'll be right back. Let me go get my wife. So he goes to where his other conspirators are hiding, you know, waiting to hear that Rasputin was killed. He's like, yo, this guy's not dead yet. So they send <laughs> him the back. What the fuck, man? Yeah, they send him back with a revolver. The dude goes back downstairs and then he shoots Rasputin in the chest. And they're like, okay. And he walks it off. He Rasputin's dead. He he gets hit. He hits the floor. They go, okay, we need to make this seem like, you know, we didn't actually kill this dude. So that what they do, they take off his hat and his jacket. They drive or they buggy. I'm not sure if cars are around. Oh, 1930s. Yeah, I think cars are around. They drive back to his, you know, apartment or condo where he stays. Uh, they have a guy put on his hat and jacket and walk inside just to make it seem like, you know, Rasputin was actually returning. Um, then they go back to the house afterwards, you know, to celebrate finally assassinating this guy. And when they go back in, Rasputin jumps back up and then attacks the prince who had shot him. Um, 
the prince is shocked and scared and is able to wrestle Rasputin off, who has a hole in his chest, cyanide in his belly. Um, so he a stab throws, wound from that hole. Yeah, he he throws the prince off. The prince runs back to his conspirators and is like, "Holy shit, this guy's still alive!" So they go into the room to try to find him. At the same time, Rasputin slips out um, the stairs down to the courtyard of whatever palace they're at to try to run away. They confront, they run down there to catch up to him. I'm sure he was hobbling. Then they shoot him a couple more times. They apparently beat him with a dumbbell and they put a bullet in his head. So fine, Rasputin's dead, right? Well, here's where there's more. If he fucking (laughs) comes back again, oh my God. Here's where there's more legend. So they take his dead body, multiple bullet wounds, beaten by a dumbbell, cyanide in his belly, shot in his chest, and they throw him off of a bridge through some ice um, where there's a hole in the ground where there's like a river. And so an autopsy later shows that there were scratches and it's likely due to him being thrown through the ice into the water. But when he was found, it's found that his arms were up in the air as if trying to push through ice as he was floating downriver and that there was water in his lungs as if he was still breathing while in the water. Oh, my God, dude. This guy's <laughs> a fucking beast. This is literally, like I said, he was known as the man who couldn't be killed. This guy is a legend. But this is the guy from just some poor guy from Siberia who was able to use enough influence and wit to weasel his way in. Um, but that's the story of Rasputin. Dude, that's so that's fucking crazy. What's funny is so I never knew about Rasputin, right? So when you were telling me about him, I thought this was like like the 1500s or something like that. I did not know it was like... It's 1900. <laughs> yeah. I had no idea. Dude, I'm like, no If anyone way. listening right now, just look up pictures of this dude. It's terrifying. He would stare at the camera with these like piercing eyes. He's crazy. It was... Oh, uh, another thing about his eyes. They were t- said that they could pierce the soul, right? And it was uh, believed that he can make his eyes self-dilate. So that they would just turn fully black, which would just add to the creepiness of him. Dude, that's satanic. This guy, this guy made a, this, me and you have the same person, okay? They both made a deal with the devil and they are Dracula. Yeah, dude, that's he it. probably did. This guy's um, definitely a character. He's one of the most infamous and, you know, legend, uh, legendary, I guess, figures in Russia for sure and in history, I think. Oh right! Oh, and one Russian. thing he said. One thing he said to Alexandria, the Serena, uh, after his first assassination attempt, he was aware that people were going to be coming after him, and he said, "Hey, if there's anyone from your family who tries to kill me, uh, anyone of your blood tries to kill me, then you're basically cursed, and all of your family will die within two years." And the prince uh, who killed him was of her family, and then uh, that. I guess prophecy came to fruition and all of her family died shortly after Rasputin died. Oh my God. He's like the crazy ex-girlfriend. That's like, you're yeah, never going to do better than me. And, and if you date someone else, you're going to be fucking cursed for life. Okay. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. That's, that's my historical figure. I love these badass, just crazy wild stories. I love shit like this. I wish that there was more on like more information on Vlad. I'm sure that there was, but I, 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 I'm gonna go ahead and guarantee that he did some more crazy shit, 
And I'm sure that same with Rasputin. He probably got assassinated or tried to be assassinated more than those three times or two times. Oh, yeah, dude. I mean, the further back we go, it's just the less info we have. There's a ton on Rasputin because it was early 1900s. But, like, you got to think, that's 1900 years of, like, they're still past that. That's insane. Uh But, yeah, like, with with Vlad, there was literally a 10-year period where no one knew anything about him. It was just, he was just gone. Yeah, that's wild. Um, hope you folks enjoyed. Let us know if you were, you know, aware of these people before, and if you weren't, if you enjoyed hearing about them, and then if uh, you have any other lesser known but still very interesting historical characters that you think we should dive into, because I think this is something we're going going to be doing again for sure. Oh, definitely, for sure. But also, I'm gonna say it again. Let us know if chum bucket is dangerously close to cum bucket if that was on purpose or not yeah let us know the important stuff <laughs> we want to know the questions or we want to know the answers to these awesome questions all right any final thoughts daniel wine was invented by the romans for orgies and orgies are not too much fun if no one wants to do it with you wow that's deep that was steve Brule. <laughs> really <laughs> yeah I mean, that's why Rasputin probably did it. That's probably it. He was right. like, man, everyone wants to have orgies with me. Genghis Kong's like, take a ride on the Reading Railroad. Oh, God. <laughs> Here's my final thoughts. It's a song. Rasputin, Russia's greatest love machine. Russia's greatest love machine. No wonder he's fucking survived for so long. He's Russian. Russians this, live from. This song's amazing. Anything. It was a shame. All right. So what are your? Carried on. Oh, my final. What words? are your uh, final thoughts? Uh, my final thoughts are: if you're an asshole in history, it's gonna be uncovered. So don't be an asshole. Too late for everyone else, right? Because everyone that's already an asshole has been an asshole. So I guess it's for like toddlers. <laughs> don't don't be an <laughs> asshole. Don't be an asshole. All right. And keep it cheap. Keep it cheap.